It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down I was born. This guy gets it. Welcome back to another episode of American Loser, folks. My name is KP Burke. We are live. Well, in our time. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, it's the week of Christmas. I don't know when they're going to listen to this. Okay? In our realm. But just know this. The minute we it's post in our it, realm. that's when they listen. <laughs> well, apparently six people listen to this episode the second that I posted up on SoundCloud. And I don't know why. Actually, I kind of like this. We, we covered some International Loser stuff. This show, which if you guys don't know, I'm KP Burke. I'm a New Jersey-based comedian. Okay. Uh, New Jersey, emphasis on New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey guy. <laughs> uh, and uh, I've been doing stand up for over a decade and uh, we've been doing this show for four years, guys. You believe it? Don't put no. a number on it. No. Well, Don't put a label. It, it's pretty nuts, man. I'm excited about that one. And uh, of course, if it's your first time listening to the show, what we do is we cover weird topics from American history. We cover the real losers in American history. Uh, many. We will not disappoint today, by the way. We will not disappoint. Uh, with me, as always, my Dilf of a dad, my partner in crime for this show, Lawrence Patrick. Say, give a happy holidays. Hey, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. And canceled. And everything else that might be floating your boat on the end of December. Well, we like saying Merry Christmas just because uh, I grew up celebrating Christmas. You know, I grew up in a, a, a Christian household here. But we also have a, a lot of good friends uh, over the years. And spe actually, specifically, one, one special Happy Hanukkah. Stu Greenberg. There you go. All right. Ah, <laughs> boy. Dr. Stu, one of the founding losers. Him and Nick Franco. Nick and his wife, by the way, sent us a Christmas card. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> very, very much Because they're sweethearts. Yep. And it said, uh, much love to uh, LP, KP, and the Kahuna, because people just assume you live with us now, Kahuna. <laughs> Behind right. the ones and twos. He's family. He's family. La familia. Captain Grandiose himself. All right. The big Kahuna is here, folks. Say, do, what do you want to wish a, a happy holidays or a, a happy Toyota-thon to anyone? Yeah. <laughs> Merry drink, miss, everybody. Merry yeah. drink, <laughs> Well, it's going to be a good one, man. Festivus um, for the rest of us. It's the truth, man. <laughs> it's the truth. But it is strange. we got got uh, Hanukkahs going on right now. Uh, and, of course, we're live over here at the Bellworks in Homedale, New Jersey, where Ming is taking excellent care of us. Thank you so much to Ming Chen at a Shared Universe podcast studio live from New Jersey. But whenever you're listening in your time, it's the holidays, what I'm trying to say. We have Hanukkah going on. The New Year is coming. Christmas is on its way. Uh, so whenever this episode finds your ears, I want to just say thank you very much for listening. And thank you, uh, honest to God, Happy New Year. And uh, thanks for uh, always just supporting the show relentlessly. We have an influx of new listeners because a few months back we did International Loser while uh, my father was down in Florida. Uh, when LP is away, Kahuna and KP decided to play. Yes, we did. And we covered some pretty wild characters. From We're going to do that again uh, for one month. It'll be four international losers that we're going to cover. Um, but while we were covering that, the show was trending in uh, Berlin, Germany the last couple of times. So we do have legit international listeners. And I just want to say welcome to the show, guys. All right. We like covering weird stories from history. And let me tell you, Otto Skorzeny was about as weird as they come. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was reading um, 
I don't know, some sort of a, a, a secret agent movie script or something when we covered him. But uh, we're actually going to cover some wild shit here today. Um, now, Cahoon has known about this one for a while. We typically don't tell him the topic. Yeah, I mean, he's been pushing on this one. Oh, you guys just wanted to, you know, it'll be a good one, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I brought this up to you recently, no? So, like, this one has the shortest span of me pushing for it. Tucker, (laughs) I pushed for, like, two years. And then with this one, I pushed for, like, a month. And you're like, okay. Part of of the reason that we held off on Preston Tucker, which did great numbers, by the way. It really did. And what a great story he has. Um, but the the whole reason why I held off on that was in the back of my mind. This was my own arrogance. So I was like, I don't know. Maybe we'll get to it. I don't want to cover anything that has a movie because when the pilot that we're shooting gets picked up by the History Channel, I don't <laughs> yeah. want. Oh, COVID! Everything shut down. My name's now William Shatner. I'm not getting anything greenlit. Okay, fine. <laughs> Moving on. Let's get Preston Tucker into the picture here. But uh, I was going to talk to you and Chris Matt about this one because it was going to be just the three of us, and then we we managed to wrangle uh, my handsome father into it as well. But Kahuna, obviously, we're going to talk about the events of April 15th, 1912, all right, which mm. was uh, a night to remember. Yeah, a night to remember. <laughs> it's not like a boat split in half and thousands of people died. Well, you and I are, uh, it's an interesting thing here. I'm 35, even though I look way older. Um, and Kahuna, what you. What a coincidence. I'm 130. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> Methuselah. Kahuna is actually, uh, uh, Kahuna existed prior to time. Uh, so, <laughs> That's right. Yes, the Big Bang Theory occurred, and then Kahuna's energy was a. Uh, Transferred some, from another portal. Some might put it as older than dirt, but that's all right. We actually have to summon Kahuna with a talisman every time we. Just, <laughs> but anyhow, uh, uh, you think you hear a door close when in reality that's the universe closing in on itself when I step through the door. <laughs> well, Kahuna and I have an interesting experience, and that, the first thing I want to ask you, Dad, is this. Mm-hmm. And this is just just talk. You have, there's no no pressure here. The man's literally looking through his notes right now. Um, Can't help it; it's all around me. So I was in. Uh, <laughs> I was in third grade in Mrs. Simon's class uh, at Packenack Elementary School uh, in New Jersey. And uh, we were all excited because the big movie that was going to come out that year was uh, about the subject of today's episode. I and think that, we've been like skirting around it enough. You, you yeah, I was going to say it? Titanic in the episode title. People yeah, are going to know. People are going to know. Yeah, yeah. But it was Titanic. There's no great The history. biggest movie of all time until maybe like five years ago. I mean, it's up there. Uh, it, it's, I'll tell you what, this is actually an interesting thing. I remember, because there's an age gap on you and me, Kahuna, but uh, mm-hmm. so I was in third grade and we were reading about the Titanic and we were studying the Titanic and we watched in Mrs. Simon's class a film called A Night to Remember. Oh, the OG movie. The OG black and white one. And it was, uh, there was a line in there that was like, horrifying to me when they were showing the Irish uh, workers down uh, literally shoveling the coal into the fire kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, to the boilers. Yeah, it was uh, uh, one of the guys just goes, oh, I'm going to go get a drink after this. Today's me birthday. And I was like, oh, you're in for one hell of a birthday, fella. But that was um, that was a big budget movie. The OG one, like Kahuna was saying here, that was a big, big deal that that movie was out there. And we were able to watch that one in class. And we were not allowed to watch Titanic in class because I don't know if you know this, Dad, but uh, uh, Kate Winslet shows her titties in that one. Yeah. It's spicy. It's <laughs> a bit spicy. There's a little Ian and Shane in the back of a car, the back seat of a car, too, right? Uh, yeah. Yes, correct. There's uh, there a couple of uh, well, I mean, her being naked was the big thing. That was uh, yeah, that was a big deal. But um, obviously, the the star vehicle for DiCaprio and everything like that, like it really was a, a huge moment. Uh, probably 
James Cameron's like fourth best movie too. Um, but uh, what aliens? Come on, dude. No, no, I'm a, I, I agree with <laughs> you because that's the weird thing about his movies is that they're almost all equally excellent. It's your own personal ranking versus like totally. what you think is superior in other ways. Like I think the production design and actual filmmaking of Titanic is superior. It's going to sound nuts to like Avatar because it's so authentically replicated. Well, it's insane. They they pretty much built the ship. They had to build a giant tank, yeah. right? a huge pool. In Mexico. It was, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, it was freezing conditions. People were actually subjected to a lot of the water and some of the temperatures and stuff like that too. It, it was really a monumental feat. It was a lifetime event for me. And I didn't even see the movie in theaters, Dad, because I remember sitting there saying, "I think I might get scared a little bit, and I don't want to shriek in front of a th- you know anybody in a theater." Because <laughs> the scene. Yeah, and truth be told, I don't think I, I think it was, it was one of those movies that when it came out on HBO it was on everywhere, and everybody talked about it nonstop. So Titanic is almost a pop culture moment for me. And obviously, Kahuna, how old were you when you saw it before I asked my father uh, some stuff? Um, well, I didn't see it in its initial theatrical run. I was 95. I was three when it came out. I was out. prepubescent. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I shit. When did I see Titanic? I, we had we had the laser disc. We so we had it. It was I think two discs that you had to flip over each time. Oh wow! So, I, I had it on VHS, which was two split tapes. It was weird, yeah, but it was weird because the tape, the the scene when Kate Winslet's boobs came out for some reason that was overplayed enough that it was discolored in the film. <laughs> weird. Dad yeah, tries to go watch weird. the movie. Hey, strange. why does this part another always act up? It's always queued up. That's strange. What's going? Another conspiracy. <laughs> another conspiracy there. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. And Kahuna was too busy with Tickle Me Elmo, probably. At three <laughs> <years>. <laughs> that was another, man, we're having some, th- oh, man, man. we got memories going on right now, yeah. folks. But yeah, no, I don't recall the first time I watched it, but I do, like, just being flabbergasted. Like, it was like, whoa, this is incredible. Because they, they bought that shit back to life as far as I knew. And according to a recent interview <laughs> with James Cameron... He actually considered just building the ship because it was actually a bit cheaper. It would cost him $10 million <laughs> yeah. to build it in yeah. Poland. But then he was like, how many times do I get to sink it? One. Oh, let's just build a replica. Yeah. Now, and, and I believe, if you, I'm correct, they were going to build it in Poland. And it was a, a submarine with a screen door. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> Um, now the I'm reason I'm asking this is you, dork. we're showing the uh, we're showing the age gap here between myself and Kahuna. Now the the greater age gap, okay? Because with with age comes wisdom. Okay, <laughs> okay. here comes sure. The so, but I am asking. This is a legit question here. So, Kahuna and I, I I remember having an interest in the Titanic, and there's something that pulls at you, um, or pulls at me personally. I should say. I think it pulls at a lot of people. Uh, there's something incredible about watching a ship sink and it's haunting and it, it kind of i remember when youtube first came out i was searching for shipwrecks and, and stuff like that all the time and it was mind-blowing stuff it was really incredible the way the titanic was done it was a game-changing event um and again it came out when i was in third grade and i distinctly remember this the fourth graders the fourth grade class it was uh older kids than us so it was a lot <laughs> yeah, of by a year but it was all like the kids, you're like, man, they're cool. They're in fourth grade. And then the <laughs> girls, you're like, man, that's what fourth grade girls look like. That's crazy. Um, easy, Epstein. So point being, uh, I remember the fourth grade kids um, 
playing on the, uh, the the playground. They took over the jungle gym and they pretended it was the Titanic and they were all playing Titanic. <laughs> and they, I remember all of them waving. Like they were all, we're leaving, goodbye. Oh, goodbye. And, and, oh my God, it's a night. And watching kids go down the slide and stuff playing. I was like, it really was sick in retrospect, but they were just reenacting a movie. They yeah, let's seen. reenact the disaster. The idea that you could get fourth grade boys and girls to collectively all play together under the idea or the uh, uh, the umbrella of that is what a cultural impact that movie had. That being said, Dad, you were a father of two with a kid in third and second grade at that time. So I don't think it was quite the pop culture phenomenon for you that it was for myself and uh, our dear Kahuna. No, it was a very cool movie and, uh, you know, well acted. And the special effects were, were game changing at that point. I mean, this, when you just talk about watching a ship go down to see a shipwreck with those special effects attached to it. That was pretty, pretty awesome, too. It's a whole lot better than some little you know, model boat in the in the uh, in the play pool in Hollywood someplace that they're pretending is a is a ship. And, you know, that the, the special effects have have gone pretty uh, leaps and bounds. I mean, that goes with any movie, though. I mean, how many times has King Kong been redone and the original Not enough. King Kong going up the Empire State? You got a monkey on the on the Empire State Building in, in black and white. And then you get to the, you know, the, the latest version of King Kong. It's a. It was a whole lot different in the in the special effects and everything else involved, but yeah, it was it was it was a good movie, no doubt. And being a lover of history, you gotta go you gotta go see the Titanic. I heard a, a great quote by the immortal Bill Paxton because uh, he's got a he had a lifelong fascination with the Titanic, which is why it was so cool that he was involved with James Cameron, um, and also uh, Bill Paxton sacrificed his life um, so that uh, others could live um, in Aliens. But uh, enough about... Uh, yeah, Bill Paxton's still around, too. He's just advanced to the next level. I believe. I think you're right, actually. Um, <laughs> but he had a lifelong fascination with the Titanic, and he actually had a great quote in some of the documentaries. Because our teachers would let us watch the documentaries about the making of this movie. That's how impactful the movie was uh, from an education standpoint. We knew we were... The teachers knew that something special was going on, and every kid was blown away by it because it was like, holy crap. You know what I mean? But... Um, Paxton's quote was, he said, um, the Titanic, the fascination with Titanic is that it is one of the ultimate, um, okay, so if I was there, what would I have done kind of moment? Are you going to quietly just accept your fate, which a lot of people did? Uh, are you going to be part of the chaos? Are you, did you die in the initial impact? Are you a flooded compartment? Are you one of the last survivors, uh, uh, you know, looking as the lifeboats are just not close enough? What is the kahuna in this one? I, w I would have never been there. I don't know if you've noticed this. Oh, uh, are you talking about your melanin? <laughs> yes, you're... Uh, I probably you're, would not have been allowed on the boat. No, no offense. Uh, uh, I, I, 1912 would not be shy. I'll tell you what, because it's always weird when you go by different countries and what the standards were for time. All right, maybe I, not allowed on the boat, but definitely frowned upon if I stepped aboard. It's a... <laughs> You know, but I don't know. I've, I have thought about that where it's like, could I have survived it? I mean, if I if, if you play your cards right, you have like a solid two hours before things get really fucked up. Like if you're still on the boat when that shit splits, you're in trouble. So you'd have to be uh, armed with uh, knowledge. You'd have to have modern yeah. knowledge of what was going to go down then so that you could avoid because the people in steerage aren't going to go up to the top deck. There's no way in hell. You know what I mean? Until they finally get up there and they find out, like we said, the, there's not enough lifeboats for everybody. People are going to go down. Did you know the numbers, by the way? 
for um, the, the death rate. I, I always knew it was bad. I didn't know it was more than half the people died. Oh, yeah. More than half. It, it is more than half. Yeah. Half would have been, I think, like 1,100. Uh, we had roughly over 713 people survive. And yeah. then I, I got numbers like, too. We'll do, we'll do some research here for you folks, not just us reminiscing yeah. about Mrs. Simon's class. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> but no, like the the for those who lived and for those who died, it was the greatest like maritime disaster ever for a very long time until oh, yeah. unfortunately it was superseded by a couple of other things. But oh, don't yeah, worry, no, there's a couple of receptions here. So uh, I'm just going to set the table for everybody here real quick, and then we're going to jump off LP, all right? That yeah. was my father's way of saying, shut up. Yeah, let's bags. get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> April 15th, 1912, the Atlantic Ocean. The RMS Titanic will sink to the bottom of the Atlantic. The idea that a ship that had been referred to as unsinkable would carry such world-class luxuries and amenities could wind up at the heart of a disaster seems almost more fitting for that of a Greek tragedy in which the hubris of man is once again the setting for yet another of its own calamities. Hubris. Did How's you that? catch that, Kahuna? How's that, LP? I did. Did, did we you, get scholarly did you, did enough there? Did you catch there? hubris? Wow. Uh, calamities, too. Calamities. <laughs> Not calamities, Jane, though. Exactly. <laughs> Throwback. Different kind of uh, incident on this one. Um <laughs> Now, the story of the Titanic is something that has caught the imagination of almost everyone who has ever heard of it. If you were on the ship, like we said, Bill Paxton said it best, it's the ultimate what-would-you-do moment. All right? As the story goes, the Titanic had indeed be been considered unsinkable. It was a modern ship with the very best technologies brandy, available. Brandy new ship, not a modern ship. But brand, brand spanking new. Brand spanking new. This is the maiden voyage. If the Titanic came out right now, uh, Elon Musk would be holding a TED Talk explaining all of its great new features right. and yep. how it's going to change the world. It's got Wi-Fi and everything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you pay extra, for Exactly. Just Jet blue of the sea, if you will. It was also the biggest uh, man-made object ever made up until that point. Oh, no shit. If you were to stand a tall up against a New York skyscraper, it was taller than the Empire State Building. Damn. You know what would be great to look up? And I don't want to make you do research during the episode, but... I am curious. So it's 1912 when this goes down. So obviously baseball's around, right? The polo grounds are built. Mm -hmm. How many Titanics it is, could fit inside the polo grounds? I'm curious. <laughs> Why the polo grounds? You've never, you've never been in the polo grounds. Neither of you. <laughs> yes, I have. You have? Yes, I have. No shit. Yep. As a we You just got dunked on. Dear <laughs> God, I did get dunked on. But holy crap, you're old. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. Just to give you, like, a reference in terms of size as well, there's a derelict ship called the SS United States that's just sitting in, in, in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia. That ship is three times bigger than the Titanic, actually. Yeah. God by damn. today's standards, this, this, was, this was small, but, I mean— Back then. All, all through history, that's been the case. I mean, exactly. compare the Titanic to the Mayflower, and it's pretty freaking <laughs> big, you know? But compare it to some of the luxury cruise liners that they have now today, uh, it's... It ain't shit. It ain't shit, yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of people don't understand this about uh, um, watertight or uh, airtight doors or compartments on board a ship. This is actually something we, we covered a lot in damage control with the Navy, is that the idea being that you can afford to lose... And to flooding some compartments, 
that if you're, the ship's taking on water, if you can isolate it, right. then it's you can also balance it. Maybe you intentionally flood another one to create balance on the ship. Right. And that's something that the Titanic's technology was very much uh, uh, heading towards. Cutting edge. Oh, it, without a doubt. I mean, yeah. it was it was really incredible. But you talked about the numbers and you never got to it. We're about to. So, uh, again, as the story goes, uh, the ship would, under intense pressure in the icy waters of the Atlantic, split in two as the final moments of its time above the water will come to a very eerie end. The wrecked ship was later found by hero and American Bill Paxton. Uh, but something that's... <laughs> I'm, I'm sliding that one in there. <laughs> there you go. Um, but uh, that's not what we're here to talk about today. Today, we have to delve into the world of conspiracies surrounding the cataclysmic event that took the lives of over... 1,500 people. For the record, I believe the numbers, Kahuna, were 2,223 on board uh, with uh, 1,517 people dying on board, right. which means that half the souls- Well over half. Well over half. 68%. So, God damn, he's good. Man, he did that math already? Or? Oh, no, I, I Wikipedia <laughs> the shit out of that. I thought he was going to say, <laughs> if he said 69%, I'm like, come on, come on. How many more people had to die for it to be 69%? Check that. Check I'm not that. doing that math. Leave me alone. Yeah. 420 people I died. think he's got something written on his wrist. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Crib notes But 32% of people survived. That's... Which is insane, man. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's... I mean... Uh, it, that's passengers and crew combined. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. The, the mortality rate, is through, it's an absolute tragedy, and it's one of the most horrific ways for people to go to. Yeah, and to that, I mean, any time you have a great tragedy or a great moment in history, whether it's a positive or a negative, your conspiracy theories are, are soon to follow. Oh, 100%. So uh, here's, here's what I want to say about the realm of conspiracy here, uh, as we're about to talk about the, uh, the Titanic conspiracy theories. Um, in the realm of conspiracy, conspiracies are like guns. Okay, um, you have to. You should be responsible with them. You should know when something's a bad idea. You should know when something's ridiculous. Okay, um, but there's a lot of fun to be had in the world of conspiracy. There's also a lot of fear. There's tons of intrigue, and unfortunately, much like guns as well, it attracts a lot of mentally ill people. <laughs> I say this as a gun owner and a mentally ill person who, for just as little as $3 a month, you can help support on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, we, we like mentally ill people. Cause Come on in. You're our long, crew. As long as you support the American Loser podcast. Well, the idea is that... Um, where conspiracy comes in, it's very attractive to people who uh, find an idea so abhorrent that their mind actually rejects it um, or they come up with a false justification. An example I had was there was a movie called um, Deep Impact, and I was so hurt by the fact that the astronauts in the end of that movie, spoiler alert, 98, um, died. I was very hurt by that because I, I, I linked up that the guy was like a young father and stuff like that. Holy shit, that chair's squeaky. <sighs> I tried so hard to not make. I know. I, I couldn't help but notice it. Too. I'm so sorry. Anyway, hey, you. Anyway, continue. It's the goddamn bell works. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, so deep impact. It, the movie it had such an upsetting ending that I actually rewrote the ending to the movie in my head as a kid, and I committed it to memory to the point where I almost believed it. it, was very, <laughs> it, it which is not that's not a comfortable thing for a fourth grader. No. Um, so anyway, th that's that was my. Where it all started, folks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that was my thing was the idea was so abhorrent. So that's what a lot of people are attracted to with conspiracy. Like, what if I told you that uh, so-and-so isn't really dead? He's actually still alive and hiding, waiting for his that, – that goes back to all the things. When the heroes, they, they didn't die. They just went away until our greatest hour of need and they will return. That's a common thing in mythology. It's, it's part of the human psychological condition. So uh, when you reject these ideas because you find them too unsettling to believe, you will often rationalize it via imagined or suggested outcomes. We don't know why so many of these conspiracy theories surround the Titanic. But as we're going to cover here, folks, they certainly don't lack imagination. Kahuna, mm-hmm. off the top here, now, without giving everything away, because we're going to, uh, I'll tell you, because Kahuna has, and it's a bad habit for a great quality that he has. I'm not, so I'm not shitting on you here for this. What, making a chair squeak? <laughs> God damn it, you know, <laughs> freaking, let me, all right, let's see. That's our sound engineer. He uh, can't have a squeaky chair. We got to get, uh, well, now, Mingle, we'll get Mingle to buy a nice new chair, actually. Yeah, or at least a can of WD-40. <laughs> hey, you guys, you're fine. Now, Kahuna's uh, thing is right now, if I threw to him for this, because he is smart and he knows so much, especially about this topic, he would accidentally say the end part of this before we start it. Um, so you know a lot. We already talked about it. You know about the curse of the mummy on board the Titanic, right? Yeah, but you, if we want to, we can save that for last. <laughs> what do you think, LP? Should we save that one for last? Whatever you want to do, guy, because there, there's a whole plethora Ooh. How about we start conspiracy with conspiracy theories? How about we start with uh, one of my favorites? What do you have? It never sank in the first place. All right, so I'll jump right <laughs> into that. We're going to start off hot and ready, folks, here with a nice little bit of insurance fraud for you. It's a damn good one. This theory, by the way, largely debunked. Um, very much oh, so, but yeah. still I very mean, fun. All of, the, all all of these quit. conspiracy theories have been uh, debunked, but uh, well, except, well, for, except for the one. There's a couple. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, the yeah, it might keep you up at night. Yeah, there's a couple like that kind of make your head turn. But in regards to this one, good old insurance fraud is how KP put it. But uh, so for those who do not know, Titanic is part of a ship of class called the Olympic class. <laughs> Uh, there was, I'm, I love you so much. Why? Why? Keep, run with it. Run with the ball. Go I'm enjoying ball. being KP for a goddamn second, okay? Run with it, my friend. You're, you're killing it. So Titanic is a part of a ship class called Olympic class ships. There's three of them at the time. There's the Titanic, the Olympic, and the Lusitania. I think the Britannic is under construction. Uh, Lusitania? Yeah, Lusitania was the same type of ship. As in from World War One fame? Yes. yes. Wild. Which came later, but that's yeah. all right. So it might have been another ship at the same time. But Titanic and Olympic were built at the same time. Uh, the legend goes is that they just swapped names. So that Which really, is hysterical. Yeah, so that really the ship that sunk was the Olympic, and the Titanic served until 1945 and was scrapped around the same time. Now, Kahuna, in order to get a good conspiracy, you have to follow the money. Following the money gets you the details. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So here's the good one. As Kahuna said, folks, and and he's absolutely 100% right, too, by the way, this theory is largely debunked, but the story's pretty entertaining. It holds in some truth, by the way. Yeah. White Star Line was the company that owned uh, and operated, if you will, the Titanic and also the other ship, the Olympic. Go ahead, LP. No, I was just going to say just that. uh, This whole conspiracy theory started with the Olympic and the Titanic are sister ships. They were both built pretty much at the same time for the White Star Line in uh, Northern Ireland. In, in, uh, um, that's where the shipyard was. Um, and the Olympic 
the theory starts that the Olympic was damaged while making its uh, voyage to uh, um, to New York in September of 1911, so a year prior mm -hmm. to the Titanic setting sail, and had to return to the uh, Harlan DeWolf uh, shipyards. That's the sh the that's the shipyards that actually built it back to the shipping yards in Belfast for repairs. And the company repaired the Olympic and it set sail again for New York and back. And it returned to Belfast for more repairs in March of 2012, a few weeks before the Titanic set sail. Ooh. So the Olympic is in, in Belfast and so is the Titanic in Belfast, both ships at the same time kind of a thing. Uh, and the conspiracy theory claims that... Um, uh, some found some people, some person, some unknown found that the Olympic was too severely damaged to uh, to make money, to be profitable, and at some point in time was switched with the Titanic. So name change. We're going to uh, change the license plates on, on this vehicle. The shipping magnates that were figuring this out, by the way, were of the names uh, Bialystok and Bloom. <laughs> We got it. That's a real laugh out of ULP. I got now, it, man. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. That was a great joke. God bless Mel Brooks, by the way. <laughs> now, the only thing that supports this theory is the is the superstition of you don't you don't mess with the names of the ships. And if this was true, then Titanic is the best and worst example of this ever, yeah, ever right. to happen. And that does come back in, because what Kahuna just referenced is a looserception to the Mary Celeste. Go back and check that out. A number of our episodes where ships have, their names have been changed, and it didn't Don't go so well. A bunch of dummies. Yeah, that Don't didn't go so well. do it. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, the Titanic uh, was going to be swapped with the Olympic, the idea being that if you were able to swap the names of the ships and the, quote, Olympic, I'm saying, quote, okay, it, the real Olympic was brought in in 1911, had damage done to it, the idea being that it wasn't going to be able to uh, function, it would not be profitable, it would be more profitable to uh, have it, you know, go away in an accident at sea, if you will. Um, and then the oh. Titanic is the name switch. So now think about this one here for a second. This is why I said follow the money, right? You follow the money. It's a great theory here because you could... Uh, swap the names of the ships, then have the uh, ship that's damaged go down at sea and collect all that insurance money while having your perfectly good new ship ready to roll, right? That's the idea here. You're able to, to skirt disaster by that way. So now you're going to get all this insurance money and you don't have a ship you have to repair. You're just doubling down, baby. You're making $2 on every cent you spend. It is a great theory until you do what all conspiracy theorists are supposed to do. And by the way, this is where uh, amateur journalism comes in and ruins the world of conspiracy on this stuff. Follow the money. The insurance on the Titanic would not have been enough to write off the loss of the Olympic, meaning why would you go through all of these efforts to lose money? And by the way, Kahuna, how many people do you think have to be involved in that little shipyard over in Belfast, Ireland, in order to make this happen? Because it was, uh, it was again, it was, um, what was it, Hartland and Wolf? Is mm -hmm. that correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, so... If you're going to pull this thing off, there has to be some profit to be made. But if the endeavor itself loses money, if two people know a two people know a secret, only one should know a secret, or it's best. There's I forgot what the actual three people can keep a secret if two of them are dead. There you go. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. And although they were sister ships, they weren't identical. There was there was oh you can very tell much right interior away. differences and everything else between the two ships. And if they were doing it for the insurance. Um, you don't have to kill over 1,500 people. 
<laughs> to uh, to collect the insurance money on the ship. You could, but what if I wanted to? <laughs> yeah. Then you're a sick bastard. <laughs> but you could you could have had one of the ships, you know, accidentally catch fire while it's in dry dock in in Belfast. It's, yeah, know. it's very easy to make one of these have an accident. Yeah, it, it's 1912. Take it. a match, make a scratch. No you're in Belfast. You tire in the coal. <laughs> toss it in the coal bunker, and boom, you got the job done. That's it. <laughs> but uh, not for nothing though. Like I know people say, like there aren't. There's differences between the two ships. If you had one next to the other with no names on them, I'm sorry, I couldn't tell them apart. Like, they do look very similar. Do you think, though, that it's... Because uh, obviously the interior stuff, too, like my father was saying, is there. Uh, a couple of the amenities, I think, were slightly different, too. But also, if you do look at the two ships, like... Um, there's actually a great uh, photo of the damage done to the hull. It actually brought me back... I, I was thinking about the USS Cole. That's... Because uh, I, I saw that out at sea. That was... To, if you want a sense of American pride, look at the USS Cole still in service, uh, protecting uh, the United States uh, in the world's greatest navy um, after it was attacked in, what was that, 2000? I in think Yemen. So, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, uh, it's pretty trippy, though, to see that picture. I would not, the naked eye, you could easily pull off a, a scam like this, but with the internet and stuff now, too. And then obviously, Titanic has taken on such an iconic um, uh, people. People would know the Titanic. Uh, before they would know a lot of other things. It's very strange, but uh, Kahuna's making a good point here. Now, I have a couple other conspiracies we got to pop into here in a second. Um, but again, it would not be worth it. That's largely debunked, especially by all the Titanic scholars, if you will. And by the way, there's a ton of them out there. And the museums, I believe, are in what? Missouri and Tennessee? Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee has part of it, which... They have, right. There's museums all over the place for, for the Titanic. Oh, they, they spread out all the, the wealth on that one because yeah. you realize wh whoever was able to have it was going to have um, all of the James Cameron fandom, you know, descending upon them. To be fair, I think the one in Tennessee has the has the most likelihood of that happening because it's actually the design of the front of the boat. Yes, which is eerie. Crazy. Yeah. It's a very creepy feeling when you see the, uh, the, the footage of um, the wreckage and then they show you what it would have looked like in the computer imaging stuff, mm -hmm. which is why, again, Titanic is so fascinating here. Yeah, well, any disaster like that is going to have collectible uh, value, if you will. I mean, when the, when the main was blown up in, uh, in Havana uh, Harbor, I mean, uh, all over the United States, people were looking for pieces of the main to have in their town square or whatever, or personal collection or you know, something from the uh, from the moon uh, moon launch or nine eleven. Look at the pe oh, uh, people. Uh, people are having it's, pieces it's very, of steel from uh, yeah. the twin towers. It's that, very uh, eerie when people have like that type of obsession with it, where it's like, "Hey, come get a piece of death," essentially. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Andy Highroller, a uh, friend of the show, uh, one of my favorite comedians too. He actually uh, has part of um, uh, something from the moon landing. Uh, he says it's a piece of the uh, the sponge that they use to create the fake moon because it never happened. Okay. <laughs> well, there's another conspiracy that will happen. Another time, folks. Another go. time. We're going to hop into uh, what I think is my father's favorite theory here next. Because, by the way, to cover the insurance fraud thing, um, the amount that it would have been for them to have made uh, any sort of a profit off of that, which, again, they didn't. The insurance is not enough on the Titanic to cover the Olympic. So why pull all that off? Why endanger all those people's lives? Why get thousands of crew members involved with a, quote, name switch and all that other stuff uh, and pay off people to keep, uh, you know, that their eyes uh, averted while you're doing such a thing? Unless you were sick mofo. For a little profit of tree fitty, as a Loch Ness monster would say. <laughs> tree fitty. So, um, anyhow, that's the insurance fraud one. This one's the most interesting one, Dad. I think you and I were talking, well, I know you and I were talking about it, but I think this one's your favorite one here, Dad. We talked about this earlier, and Kahuna mentioned it too, like the Mary Celeste. 
you should not change the name of a ship because then the name would be, quote, cursed. What happens if the number of the ship is cursed? I don't oh. know this one. Oh, you don't know this one? No. This one's pretty great. Uh, LP, do you want to jump in now or you want to? No, that's all right. It's, you can continue on here, but uh, now, yeah, what it if, goes back to the, to the shipyard of uh, Harland and Wolf. But what if the ship number, Red Robin? Red Robin. <laughs> They're God. Red Robin. <laughs> Kidding, sort of. The RMS Titanic's number, Dad, was what? Uh, well, it, it, it called it that the distress number on the ship's number was 3909 space 04. Now, if you read that in a mirror, it says what? <laughs> Wait, what yeah. was it? One of the myths uh, puts out that um, some of the employees of the of Harlan and Wolf shipyard in Belfast um, had a and the ship's number was three nine zero nine space zero four, which when if you held that number up to a mirror, it would seem to read Red Rob, <laughs> no Pope, oh no Pope, right? Which um, some conspirists are saying that the Catholic employees at the Harland and Wolf shipyard took exception to. To have a no pope kind of a thing, and you're gonna you have to understand a little bit of Irish history and Northern Irish history, if you will. Um, Which, by the way, is not understandable. You, it, <laughs> no. Best quote I've ever heard was, uh, "The more you think you know, the more you're confused." That's right. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. But uh, um, that was the number that the the conspiracy came up with as far as the ship's number. Um, but it was later uh, proven that there was no such number attached to the Titanic. And that whole no Pope thing uh, that the Catholic employees of Harlan and Wolf took exception to, well, another problem with that theory is um, there were no Catholic employees at Harlan and Wolf in Belfast because Catholics need not apply um, to the Harlan and Wolf uh, shipyard. A Protestant-only workforce. It's right. And by the way, they admitted that too, almost in kind of that hilarious way that um, the Ben Affleck uh, dead hooker thing happens in uh, for, for to play within the Kevin Smith universe as we like being on the periphery of. Uh, move that phone, will you, Dad? Uh, thank you. Um, so, uh, <laughs> what is a train wreck today? <laughs> Squeaky chair, <laughs> phone's going off. But he's he's engaged, man. He's actually he the subject matter expert. He's here. So we gotta be he nice is. to him. He's our guest Absolutely. today. Absolutely. Um, I would like to amend like one thing though. I was uh, mistaken in saying that uh, the the Lusitania is the same class of ship. Okay. That's the only thing I found out that I was. Uh, there's there were only three of them of those type of boats. It was the Titanic. That class of, of yeah. ship. Yeah. It was the Titanic, the Olympic, and the Christian Cortez. Yeah. All th all two went to shit. One sent to scrap. Okay. The Olympics, the one that went to scrap, though, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, no, good. Uh, good at it, man. Thank you for that, because that that is something we would get a message about. Oh, I do have a tie into the Lusitania in a little bit here, though. Uh oh. Um, so interestingly enough, like I was saying, the Ben Affleck uh, disappearing hooker joke from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, um, it's uh, they come out there and they say, oh, I wasn't even with a hooker today, um, which is today. <laughs> that, it, it's one of the, the funniest parts of that entire movie. But that's almost how um, 
uh, the, the shipyard company actually explained it away. Like, well, we couldn't have troubled any of our Catholic employees because we don't even hire Catholics. That's right. Wait, what? Their admission to that. Right. Yeah, there weren't any Catholic workers at Harlan and Wolf uh, to get upset by that whole no pope thing. Um, the company had already uh, done away with any Catholic employees in the late 1800s. And by the 20th century, which we're now, you know, uh, 1912. So by that time, um, they had a reputation for only hiring Protestants. So, so if you were Catholic, there was no need to apply for, for a job there because you weren't going to get it. So. No, sir. Oh, man. It's uh, it's one of those ones where you uh, you expose the greater crime or uh, you would sit there and you'd find out like a, in a naive way. Um, about that. So that's worth a little bit of looking into as well. You didn't know that one, Kona? No, I did the, not. The, 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 the no number. Pope. It, it yeah. freaks you out a little bit when you read it. Yeah, the whole anti-Catholicism. Uh... I mean, it makes sense for the time. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Oh, absolutely. And, and by the way, th this next, I'm going to jump into, we're going out of order because I am going to leave um, the mummy for uh, <laughs> the last part here because it, it's very fun. Um, but the next theory we're going to get into, we've already covered the uh, the, the, the no Pope theory. We've talked about the insurance fraud one. So I'm going to jump into uh, a conspiracy. And this one's the most interesting to me because uh, what conspiracy is, um, and, and by the way, it comes under such fire too, by the way. And it's uh, th there's so many stupid things that so many people have said. And there's so many people that are uh, hawking conspiracy, if you will, mm -hmm. that, that these are, uh, you know, people that are, are pulling off, uh, pulling fast ones on you. Um it does stink that maybe six years ago you could talk about conspiracy and nobody would really – not that they wouldn't bat an eye, but they would just be like, oh, cool. Now it's like, oh, well, what are you, like an ultra-right-winger type thing or whatever? It's not the case. Your conspiracy has been around for forever. The country was founded on a conspiracy, if you believe it, folks. A room full of people got together and said, how do we overthrow the king of England here in America? Boom, that's a conspiracy. Um, there were early conspiracies within Washington's America as well. Um, you were reading a book on that recently, weren't you, Dad? Mm -hmm. The America's First Conspiracy, I believe it was called. However, so my whole point is this one. What a good conspiracy does, and by the way, there's real ones that you can read about, and they're educated people have reported upon them and been factual. But what a conspiracy theorist type salesman would do, they'll tell you three, you know, you know that game Two Truths and a Lie, Kona? Yeah. That's what a good conspiracy is. It's they'll say two things that are absolutely true, and then they'll throw a lie in there, but they won't tell you which one's which. So uh, this next theory is that the Titanic was uh, – it, it was an inside job. Same thing that you've heard about with a lot of like the 9-11 stuff. Um, and I won't even touch that topic today. Uh, but anyhow, the thing with the Titanic was the idea of it being an inside job or that it was a controlled explosion, that it was a, quote, planned accident, that type of thing. There are three people, okay, that kind of get thrown into this one here. And it's interesting because one of them is a group of people. One of them is a person who is representative of a group of people. And one of them is one of the most iconic names in American history, that being J.P. Morgan. Really? The idea being that J.P. Morgan is responsible for having uh, uh, the – an accident at sea take place, <laughs> yeah. whether it be an explosion or anything like that, but it was going to be controlled demolition, if you will, that was going to take the Titanic down um, and with it on board, three of J.P. Morgan's major rivals. OK, uh, th those are the following names, too, by the way, and they're pretty big names because there was a lot of people. Um, it gets referenced a little bit. Uh, in the movie Titanic, mm -hmm. and then I believe it also gets referenced in A Night to Remember as well. But um, I'm not going on a diatribe here, 
But the bottom line was this. Oh, no. I, you'll, you'll like this. You'll like this. I remember showing you a video game in Walmart that I was trying to buy years ago on a PC. It was a, a, a Titanic PC game where you were a British spy on board the Titanic. And your mission was to uh, solve puzzles and the mystery of uh, in order to find the uh, dynamite that was loaded onto the Titanic to stop the Titanic from sinking, which then in theory would help stop the cause of World War One. The Russian Revolution and World War II. And by the way, those are those three things you can make some crazy arguments for. Um, but the I, I remember sitting there and I was like, even as a kid, I was like, that's kind of messed up. Like those people really died. And now you're making a video game where you get to play yeah. with their lives. Well, like somebody that. took somebody's conspiracy theory and made a video made game. A video game out of it. Youngsters like you would plunk down their money at Walmart and make some bucks. I off think of it. you stopped me from doing it too, by the way. <laughs> okay. um, but anyhow, uh, sins of the father. No, no, the game was interesting because the historical accuracy of the storyline is obviously being played with because it's a uh, wait. What know, game? This game was called I think it was like a Portal of Time or something like that. But it was Titanic, a PC game, came out in 1996. Um, but the accuracy of the recreation of the ship was um, like bar none. It was. Prior to the movie Titanic, this was the closest you could get to being on, on board the Titanic with a computer-generated version of it. Hmm. Um, so anyway, apparently that idea is not as wild as I thought because conspiracy theories abound that J.P. Morgan, the mega millionaire that helped bankroll the United States, you know, the guy who worked with Teddy Roosevelt in order to avoid being broken up as the – Teddy was known as the trust buster. And by the way, that's Teddy <clears> – <throat> Yeah. Motherfucking Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. That's um, full name. Exactly. Uh, Teddy was known as the trust buster. He did help break up U.S. Steel. He broke up Standard Oil. Um, he broke up all sorts of things, which is hilarious, too, because he's one of the guys that got put into uh, the White House um, accidentally by them, if you remember, too. Because, right. uh, you know, Teddy was enough about Teddy. He's the greatest human being in terms of chaos uh, <laughs> that's ever existed in American history. He also, by the way, J.P. Morgan helped sucker punch Thomas Edison out of his own company, General Electric. Okay, <laughs> there's your Jersey tie-in, too. He fucked over a nice boy from Jersey. Um, and apparently, J.P. Morgan was able to take time off from deciding who would become the next president. Uh, and <laughs> oh God! he played the greatest chess move of all time. He's going to kill off three of his rivals in one foul swoop. We're talking Michael Corleone, Godfather type things, okay? The three people that – these three people, by the way, are all – Real-life human beings, all real uh, sort of rivals of J.P. Morgan's. Some of the wealthiest men in the world at the time are all died on, board. on board the Titanic. They're on board the Titanic on her maiden voyage. Well, uh, Do you want to name them? Or? Oh, hit me. Uh, John, I'm, gonna throw to you, my, I'm throwing my father at the end here for a great kahuna what-the-fuck moment. Yeah, I mean, some of the wealthiest people in the world, and, and J.P. Morgan is probably— uh, you know, in the in the top five, anyhow. He bankrolled the United States of America right. several times. Teddy said, "Write a check, or I break up your empire." Right. Um, was, all right. So uh, he was um, J.P. Morgan. Uh, he's like a seventy-four-year-old uh, financier. He's nicknamed the Napoleon of Wall Street. So I mean, that gives you, you know, he he's ruling Wall Street. He is, uh, by the way, his claim to fame too was to buy failing businesses and then turn them profitable. And he, yeah, he kind of saves the U.S. Uh, banking system during the Panic of 1907. So only a couple of years prior to the Titanic uh, setting sail, um, that. Um, a lot of uh, U.S. banks were failing. There was private banks and, you know, not um, – there was no Federal Reserve System of yet. But through 
the actions of uh, J.P. Morgan, he kind of saves the U.S. banking and commerce by having some of uh, his close associates, if you will, come over to his house. They sit around the uh, the living room and hash some things out. Uh, like, cigars, who, a little brandy. Yeah, who's going to back uh, this bank? Who's going to back uh, back this bank to keep these banks from failing and really saving the U.S. from the uh, banking uh, panic of 1907? But anyhow, the next time you get a bill. Just know J.P. Morgan helped make that possible. That's right. <laughs> Next time you pay interest to J.P. Morgan, you're, you're paying off. Um, but some of his biggest rivals, if you will, uh, are some of the other wealthiest men in the world are on board the Titanic. John Jacob Astor IV, Benjamin Guggenheim, and uh, Isidore Strauss are all allegedly creating a, a allegedly were opposed to the creation of the U.S. Central Bank, which later became the Federal Reserve, which Morgan had a had a hand in some of the things. But, uh, you know, there's another whole big conspiracy that um, how do you take out some of your um, business uh, rivals, you know, rivals? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> if they meet an untimely end aboard the Titanic, hey, well, maybe 1,500 other people might have to go down with them. But, you know, collateral it, damage. Yeah, collateral damage. It was uh, it 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 kind of rules out like, well, how did J.P. Morgan arrange to have that iceberg <laughs> where it was at the time? And there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of holes that were shot through this whole theory. But uh, well, a couple of the biggest one, I'll tell you what you want to say what the biggest one was of why it would not behoove J.P. Morgan to have the Titanic sunk. Well, he owned it. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Um, J.P. Morgan, uh, the company that. Um, owned White Star Lines was also um, owned by uh, a company that J.P. Morgan had, uh, you know, financial tie-ins to, if not owned it outright. And also, Dad. And J.P. Morgan had his own um, private cabin aboard the Titanic. So when the thing was being built... Kona's eyes just got big. Yeah. <laughs> J.P. Morgan had the uh, the largest um, suite um, aboard the Titanic uh, with his own promenade deck off the side of the thing and everything else. All private. Um, Son of a And bitch. he was supposed to be on the Titanic for the maiden voyage, but uh, he got... I bet he's happy he wasn't. Yeah, he got, he got a little tied up with... Uh, with other things in France at the time. He was, uh, I think he's at some kind of a luxury resort spa and decided to stay an extra couple of days. But that then led to this whole conspiracy that, yeah, how come he didn't make the make the trip when he allegedly was uh, destined to go aboard the Titanic for the maiden voyage? He was there at the at the launching of the Titanic, but he was never there at the uh, for the inaugural uh, journey. But, uh, you know. We'll, we'll talk about that towards the end here, too. There, there's a tie-in, too. I'm trying to remember what it was that the Astor family um, somehow are connected to the Roosevelts. I can't remember exactly what it was on that one. Yeah, but anyhow, J.P. Morgan had business, varied, varied business interests, obviously. He's one of the world's richest men. But uh, he was very much involved with the International Mercantile Marine which is the shipping combine that 
controlled Britain's White Star Line, the owner of the Titanic. So, you know, why would you? Pretty good. Why would you sink your own ship? Kind of a thing. Also, like you said, uh, why would you uh, attempt Population to sink a ship control. you might have been uh, on board of too? Yeah, and it, it's kind of wild here. Um, Another person, so Jacob Astor was going to be on board of the Astor family fortune, a real estate mogul before his time, came from considerable wealth. Isidore Strauss. Now, my father knows that name because he's used to, uh, you know, you know the company that he was uh, a part owner of, right? I'm not sure. If I remember right, Kuna, Google this, if you will. Mm -hmm. I want to say Isidore Strauss. If I'm right on this, I'm 90% sure I'm right on this. This was one of the rich people that died on this. Isidore Strauss was a mega wealthy uh, multimillionaire uh, and a recent member. He was one year into service uh, as a member of the U.S. House of Representatives, mm -hmm. where he would hold considerable sway over the idea of whether or not a Federal Reserve should be created around this time frame here. Um, Isidore Strauss, I want to say, is um, – I believe I'm correct on this one, and please, please, please stop me if I'm wrong – um, Isidore Strauss, uh, the original name of a company that has a huge um, Thanksgiving Day parade, is uh, You're correct. Macy's, Macy's. owner of Macy's department store. Correct. Wow. Uh, Mr. Strauss had quite a bit of money. Um, I believe his wife was on board with yep. him too. They died together. They died together. Yeah. Um, and uh, is he millionaire Benjamin Guggenheim. Okay, Guggenheim. Uh, I hear Guggenheim, I think museum. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Okay. That's how you have a legacy. The Astors, by the way, same thing too. Astor Place, I think of all these different things. Um, all three of them were, quote, rivals of J.P. Morgan and his shadowy grasp on the White House. J.P. Morgan, for those who don't know, was around for a long time, was probably the smartest out of all those, um, the, to, to quote the History Channel, those, quote, men who built America. Mm -hmm. Okay, the tycoons, if you will. Mm-hmm. J.P. Morgan was the, the most ingenious because he saw, well, uh, you know, these guys are trying to fight. You know, uh, Carnegie's trying to fight. Vanderbilt's trying to fight. Uh, Rockefeller's trying to fight. you got to work with the system a little bit. Massage them, man. Talk to Teddy. Be like, Teddy, you got this thing for the Native Americans. You go, Here's a check. Here's a check. You write in the amount. How much money do you need to commission one of the great works on the Native Americans in what we're calling the Vanishing West? And Teddy's like, well, what are we going to do? I got a photographer who's been embedded with the Native Americans for years. I'm like, hang on. What are you up to, JP? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Just thought maybe if I'm maybe if, if you wanted to ask my opinion on who I thought would be a great president down the road. I see nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> but JP Morgan was a genius in this way. Um, now, this is interesting here. Uh, one convenient boat accident could have been all that stood between J.P. Morgan and the creation of the Federal Reserve. That is the theory. Now, this theory also goes to shit pretty quick after you learn that J.P. Morgan was supposed to be on board, like we said, didn't make it. And that Whoa, Strauss, by the way, Isidore Strauss, supported the idea of the Federal Reserve. So why would you take out a guy right. with considerable power who – and then, by the way, is uh, – um, let's see here. I want to say. I mean, if you really want yeah, to. Yes, Strauss lean, was a member of House of Representatives too. If you really want to lean into the conspiracy, it's like, well, you can't, you can't kill all the opposition. You got to like take out one of our own. Yeah, so one, that and then that sends a message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now go, go back and tell the others. Refresh my memory. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm blanking. What's the well, guy's? What's the guy's name? Kill one what? Finish kill, that sentence. No, kill one and then send the other and leave the other one alive so he can take the message back That's to his <laughs> friends. That don't mess with JP. Um, what's the name of that guy? The uh, the, the f oh, come on, man. The, the fat conspiracy theory guy. Um, 
Come on, he did all Alex those embarrassing things. Uh, Michael Moore. Yeah, you're right. Um, Mother. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Well, I'll get some DMs for that one, but it was worth it. <laughs> like I said, it's a conspiracy and it's a crackpot thing when Alex Jones does it. It's an Academy Award nominee when Michael Moore does it. I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying. So anyway, th this is where the conspiracy gets shot to shit really quickly is, uh, again, of those three people, it, it's not really apparent that any of them had a firm issue uh, against J.P. Morgan for uh, their favor in support of or against a Federal Reserve. And the one guy that he would have had killed would have been the guy that would have helped him make it happen. And he wanted that done. So now this is the other part, too. And I, I swear I'm not you got to be careful, especially with the Internet right now. The Internet has been corrupted. OK, at one time it was free. And that's why it was an awful, evil place where a lot of pedophiles were um, preying on children and stuff like that. There was some really gross stuff that people had to testify before Congress about. Barry Crimmins, by the way, if you want to do a quick Google search on him, that's a, a comedian that helped affect positive change for that. Um, but anyway, uh, Barry Crimmins is an American hero. Uh, that being said, um, you can't trust the Internet right now because parts of it are being corrupted and history is being changed. I remember I'm reading this, uh, the J.P. Morgan theory about this. I originally read it as a Rothschild um, thing, which the Rothschild, by the way, that goes all the way back to uh, Napoleonic uh, um, era. Yeah, well, the Rothschild family was uh, a banking institution throughout Europe. And then Rothschild's kids, I think he had five sons, and they each went to a different part of the, of the world to create their banking empire kind of a thing. And they, they knew what they were doing, right? And they also happened to be of the Jewish persuasion, so there's a whole anti-Semitic um, slant to this whole thing that we're going to— Oh, yeah, the Nazis gonna, didn't invent that shit. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, they stole a lot of it from Russia. So— uh, you know, there was a, there was that whole thing, too, that um, who better to blame the sinking of the Titanic on than than, than uh, you know, the, the Jewish fiance, financiers of, uh, of that. So, I mean, it, the conspiracy theories have no end. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on as to, you know, exactly. You could, I think it was probably one of the guys down in the coal bin that uh, really started this whole thing. But anyhow. <laughs> They probably one of the ones that survived. Probably yeah. some. He was saying, "Hey, it's my birthday today." Um, probably some Irish Catholic guy working in the shipyard that uh, lied about his faith, and uh, you know. Well, it's weird you would say that, Dad. It's weird you would say that because, again, we're talking about the idea that you would blame this on uh, J.P. Morgan is a good scapegoat for a lot of things. Doesn't make any sense, though. Sure, I mean he's a rich guy. So oh yeah, fuck him. The one percenters, the right. piece of shits. Um, and then the other one you would blame this on would be uh, um, the Rothschilds who. Catch some, and by the way, it's a lot of their. The, the, I'm not saying these are good people. I'm saying the idea that you would blame them and their religion as for the reason why they have this uh, total power of it, it. It's a crazy thing to go down the Rothschild uh, conspiracy. Thing. It literally doesn't go all the way back to the Battle of Waterloo, but um, so that that's going to go into the the Jewish conspiracy part of it, where you're going to blame the, the the Jewish people. And by the way, we've seen we've seen tangible results of how terrible that is when you decide to blame an entire religion, an entire group of people on anything. Uh, ethnic cleansing is not a solution, folks. Let's yeah. just move on from that one. Yeah. Um, I think we should say here straight out that American Loser is against slavery. Look at you guys taking the strong stance. Ethnic cleansing. I'm so I, proud of you guys. Right? 
I Kahuna, agree. can you be with us on that? I'm with you. Hundred percent. Right. <laughs> Kahuna says he needs to reevaluate a few things. <laughs> but, um, well, the other one that's an interesting conspiracy scapegoat, Dad. We were talking about on the car ride over here. So we have. Um, you can blame the one percent. It's a big secret meetings going on. I think J.P. Morgan might have been Jewish too. Actually, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Not relevant to the story. But I'm just saying you can scapegoat people, and it's always an ugly outcome whenever you do that. One of the other groups that always gets scapegoated is actually the Jesuits in the Catholic Church. That depending on which version, and by the way, here's the thing with the internet. The internet has an edit button. So you can change what you meant, okay, which is a good thing. That's very useful a lot of times when I have a spelling error or I'm drunk DMing people. Um, but uh, big point is this. You can edit the internet. But if you had a hard copy text of this stuff, these same conspiracy theories can be applied to the Jesuits of the Catholic Church, the Rothschild family, or J.P. Morgan. It's a pick your F.U. button kind yeah, of a moment. Right, right. So a little bit terrifying on that one here. We can throw mud in a lot of different places. Oh, exactly. So I'm going to – what should we do, LP? I'm going to let you choose. Do you want to throw to uh, your segment here, which I'm very excited about because there's some good damn names on this one? Uh, or And then we can end on uh, Kahuna's favorite topic, the mummy? Or do you yeah, want to do the we, mummy we, now? Yeah, let's do that. No, let's, let's go with the – um, some of the people who weren't on the Titanic that uh, kind of missed the boat. So similar to there, there's always with these disasters, there's always people that were almost on board or almost there. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just a Titanic. I mean, uh, how many of us, especially. I met a uh, guy that was almost on late night once. <laughs> almost. Ken Krantz. <laughs> <laughs> almost. I was this missed it by this much. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, um being alive and in, in in and around the New York metropolitan area at 9/11 how many stories did we hear about people that from our own family from our own family yep. who, who were not in there. in the towers that that morning when when the planes hit for whatever reason from you know uh, decided to not take the escalator and, and go for a walk or was out for breakfast that morning uh, outside the building. Late to work. Just goes on and on and on. Or um, people who were actually in the towers and then decided, hey, I'm not going to follow protocol. I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm not I'm not going to yeah. wait. I'm not going to go up. I'm going down and get the hell out of here as quickly as I can. I mean, there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of these stories, but um, some of the famous people who we might know of or heard of before who um, were almost on board the Titanic, but for whatever reason were not. Um, um, that list goes on and on and on. And one of the things I would like to end with this is a little side note to this. There was one guy that some researcher did um, – uh, come up with a kind of a list of some of the people that you might have heard of. Uh, Theodore Dreiser is a novelist who was a 40-year-old at this particular point. He was returning from his European holiday. He was supposed to be aboard the Titanic, um, but his publisher talked him out of the plan and persuaded the writer to take another ship, which would be less expensive. Because, again, this was the maiden voyage Gotta for the latest some money, buddy. Yeah, so save a couple of bucks and, and go by it. Go by, uh, go back home by a different uh, liner, the Kroonland. Um, there's a guy by the name of Marconi Cahoons. Have you ever heard of uh, Marconi? Marconi? Not macaroni, Marconi. <laughs> Listen. Delicious. <laughs> 
He was proud of that. I, I caught Guillermo him. Guillermo Marconi, uh, yeah, the guy that did the uh, the whole um, wireless uh, uh, telegraph, mm -hmm. um, Italian inventor, uh, pioneer for uh, the wireless, um, or the winner of the 1909 uh, Nobel Prize in Physics. Um, he was offered free passage on the Titanic, but uh, decided to take the Lusitania three days earlier. Um, and he had some paperwork to do and didn't want to um, be involved with the whole Titanic and the and hub. I want to say Marconi was involved with, uh, and stop me if I'm messing with it, but wasn't he in, uh, part of the uh, communications? Um, it was Marconi communications that were on board the Titanic? Yeah, well, Marconi, he was, uh, again, he's winning um, the Nobel Prize in 1909, so just a, mm -hmm. a few years earlier. Um, that we can now send wireless telegraph messages, um, you know, from ship to shore and from ship to ship. Uh, and Marconi, although he was not aboard the Titanic, he he did not take up on the uh, free passage offer. He was later grilled by the Senate committee over allegations that uh, his company's wireless operators aboard the Titanic uh, withheld uh, information. Um, so that they would might be paid by the New York Times for some news <laughs> on that. Um, but, you know, in reality, um, it was his invention that actually was credited for saving 700 lives aboard that, that disaster because they were able to send out the distress signal. Although it might have come late, they did send out the Correct. distress signal yes. um, about uh, the situation that was aboard the thing. Um, you know, three years later, uh, Marconi narrowly escapes another famous maritime disaster. And that's when he was uh, on board the Lusitania on April, in April of 1915. <laughs> and for those of us who don't know, uh, the Lusitania was the, uh, the passenger ship that was uh, sunk by the German U-boat that really led to uh, well, America's entrance into World War I. Yeah. yeah. Another guy you might have heard of, uh, especially this time of the year, uh, Milton Hershey. Yeah, Hershey, oh. like Hershey uh, chocolate, um, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, he had planned to uh, uh, sail home from France back home to the United States aboard the Titanic. Um, actually, they found in his archives and his papers um, a check that was written for three hundred dollars um, to the White Star Line in December of 1911, and they believe that that was just a 10 percent deposit. So he's hang on 10 percent. Yeah. So Milton Hershey Phew. was planning on spending three thousand dollars in 1912 money. Um, Kahuna, uh, we still couldn't afford to get on the Titanic, <laughs> buddy, really? even no. adjusted for inflation. Yeah. Um, but he goes home uh, on uh, a different ship um, later, um, the America, and the America would earn its own footnote in disaster as one of the several ships to send the message, the Titanic warnings of ice in its path. So the ship that Milton Hershey is on tries to send a telegraph message to the Titanic that, you know, iceberg ahead kind of a thing. Um, you know, whether hang on, and hang there was on. A, no there, one's ever thought of this. No one's ever thought. Dad, we were talking earlier about a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. Milton Hershey. 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 Hear me out. This is how conspiracy theorists do it, by the way. They pull like five ideas together and just smash it. But nobody ever thought of this. Maybe maybe they thought it was a Jewish conspiracy theory because an ice 
Berg was involved. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, but rim shot on that one. Uh, shout out to my pal Aaron Berg, by the way. <laughs> Jesus. That was rough, KP. What? What are you talking about? I'm going to sell supplements after this. Yeah, there's another, uh, there's a Vanderbilt, Alfred, uh, Alfred Vanderbilt. Wait a minute. Was supposed to be on board, and he didn't quite make it, but and he... Um, of the Vanderbilt Vanderbilt? Oh, the Vanderbilt Vanderbilts. Yeah. Railroad tycoons, Railroad brawlers. Yeah. Um, there's a, uh, a Pittsburgh a steel baron, uh, Henry Clay Frick. He was also a, a, a buddy of uh, J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan was supposed to be on board, and he canceled last minute. And then uh, one of his buddies and business associates, to be polite, um, the Pittsburgh Steel Baron, uh, Henry Frick, um, was also supposed Who, to be. By the way, will bad. be his own episode yeah. at some point. Frick yeah. is a Frick is a he's a he's a character. But the story goes that his wife uh, sprained her ankle and had to be hospitalized in Italy, so he never made it back to uh, Belfast in time to get on board the uh, the Titanic. Better write a thank you note. So I mean, there's there's. The list goes on and on about those who just missed the boat, so to speak. Side note, to, just to, to, get to, on that. to mention this to you real quick, LP, because uh, I want to break Kahuna's brain a little bit more. Um, Vanderbilt's, uh, the Railroad Tycoons, uh, do you know who is uh, the, one of the last living heirs of the Vanderbilt uh, name? Anderson Cooper. That's right. Yeah. His mom. Yep. Whoa. Yep. Anderson Cooper is a Vanderbilt. Is that right? Correct. Okay. This is CNN. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Henry, Clay Fleur, uh, Henry Clay Frick has been suggested to us by several listeners as an episode. He will get an episode. Um, and again, just as, you know, the stories just kind of multiply as to who just missed the boat. Um, there was a newspaper um, who just a few days after the Titanic disaster um, came up with uh, a list of people who supposedly just missed the boat that they would have been on the titanic so i believe it was a headline in the uh evening news of uh april 20th uh five days after the sinking um that they had come up with a list of 6904 members of the just missed the boat club <laughs> and um, so I'm Spartacus. <laughs> yeah, I'm Spartacus. So they're they're publishing this list, and um, you know, um, then a few days after that, the list had now grown. So by April 26th, the club seemed had grown considerably. That up until that present time. Uh, now there's 118,000 people who Holy escaped shit. death because they just missed the Titanic. I mean, any great event. I mean, how many people saw, you know, a Babe Ruth hit his 60th home run? Uh, you couldn't fill Yankee Stadium, uh, you know, 20 times over for people who allegedly, yeah, I was there. I saw that. You know, how many times have we seen? Uh, the key is to keep your lies slightly less but more consistent like for instance it's not a lie it's truth but no one would lie about this i saw derek jeter uh tie lou gehrig for the all-time yankees hits record <laughs> see be specific don't right. go for the big one if you're right. gonna lie right but anyhow i mean it, there's a lot a lot of people who supposedly were to be on board the titanic and just missed the boat well, Dad, uh, one of the people that's one of the most famous conspiracy theories about uh, the Titanic, 
One of the passengers was dead. <laughs> long time dead. Oh, for a long time dead before. No, he was a long time dead. <laughs> Can I get a little credit for that transition? Sure, oh, absolutely. There you go. That was a damn good one. Um, so we're going to go into this one here. Kona, you're, you're ready. Um, yep. I'm going to put the spotlight on you, buddy. You ready for it? I'm ready. Okay, Kahuna, mm-hmm. you, I'll tell you what, you tell the theory, and then I'll tell you about William Steed, or Stead, however you want to pronounce that. Okay, so the, this is probably my favorite conspiracy theory about the Titanic, is that the reason the Titanic sunk was because of a mummy's curse. Correct. Some people believe, and... Uh, cue the scary music. Cue the scary music. Some people believe that there was an unidentified mummy aboard the titanic there was no name for it apparently but because of that and the way it was disrespectfully exhumed in egypt uh even though it was apparently briefly on the boat for just a short period of time it cursed the boat and upon leaving sunk the ship because you know you don't fuck with mummies no uh look what it did to brendan fraser yeah exactly yeah yeah and you take goddamn kp Damn. <laughs> you take that one little twist or coincidence kind of a thing, and you can spin this up to whatever you want. Because England at the I time was doing a, a lot of archaeological play. digs in Egypt. Exactly. And, um, you know, exhumed all, and stole all kinds of treasures from the Egyptian government or from, from Egypt and brought them back to uh, the uh, um England's um, various museums and stuff. So. Oh, there's stuff that's that they're still talking about it to this day about stuff that might be popping up right now. And by the way, that was one of the um, that was a recurring theme. Ancient Egypt was such a, a, a beacon of fascination to combine the fascination people have on that with the fascination they have about the Titanic. Well, that's just a winning story right there. That's going to be a good story. So here's what I got for you, Cahoons. And this was a good one. And you were absolutely right. You, you hit every um, nail on the head here. Coon, I'm going to ask you to Google uh, William Steed, S-T-E-A-D. William. Yeah, search William Steed or Stead, however that's pronounced. I'm not sure. He's English, so we're not sure. I think it's Steed. We have English listeners, too, by the way, and I want to say shout Steed. out to them as well. Um, but Google, search him in Titanic and then just look into his eyes in a picture. Um, uh, no, damn it. Because <laughs> I was so close to the screen, too. Like, if you hadn't have said it, it probably would have been a... Did you see him? Is he there? I'm, I'm, uh, hold on. Is he staring through you? Oh, good God. So, uh, yes, he is. It, it's a creepy picture. Um, and by the way, back then, you you only had three three pictures of you taking your whole life. All right. It's not like uh, nowadays. Or, where, uh, or none at all. Yeah. I have, I have 10 selfies taken of, uh, uh, you know, people throughout the day. You know what I mean? You can see on uh, Instagram. A little bit different back and then. And what you had for lunch. Indeed. Um now, uh, among the dead in the icy Atlantic on that fateful night to remember, uh, a, a victim of the Titanic is William Steed. He perishes on board. Um, his photograph will indeed haunt the kahuna the next time he's alone at the Smod Castle. <laughs> Which is never. I refuse to be alone there. <laughs> what? He wasn't even supposed to be here today. Stop it. Stid was a major figure in investigative journalism. He had a very, uh, it was a, by the way, a huge noble pursuit for the time here, too, especially given the times. He was also deep into the spiritualist movement, which we've covered almost every October on this show since mm. its inception. Um, sound, you know, things like the Stratford knockings. Yeah, the spiritualist um, uh, movement that had it ebbs and flows. And anytime there's uh, 
you know, major disasters, oh, yeah. uh, there's an uptick in uh, spiritualists. And, and this is the thing that kills me, too, is that now you hear the word conspiracy and uh, people associate it with like, oh, is that 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 right wing crazy stuff? I like I watched a little too much History Channel as a kid. They used to do this. They used to sell you that. Did Houdini's ghost return to warn us about the Titanic? <laughs> After this, <laughs> right. like, oh, well, did he? Someone tell me. Um, anyway, so uh, Mr. Steed here, William Steed, is a major figure in investigative journalism, uh, and his uh, foray into spiritualism, which, by the way, had not yet been properly debunked, and there are still people out there that will argue with you that it has not. Um, but spiritualism will go down a million of those roads, Dad, like you said, because here's the thing. Nobody is more confident than a person you can't prove wrong because you can't prove them right either. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's actually the biggest sell on a uh, um, majority of human intellectualism. But uh, anyhow, uh, this wild road of uh, spiritualism will take Mr. Steed down uh, a couple of wild roads. One such story he enjoyed discussing was his theory that this mysterious mummy that had been taken from Egypt to London – was the reason behind a current string of disappearances and mishaps in London and England in general since its arrival. So the idea that the mummy is cursed here. Now, the idea that it's cursed uh, intrigues many people, uh, and apparently Steve was happy to talk about it at length with people, and apparently even told it to many of the passengers that were on board with him in first class on the cursed voyage of the Titanic. So... Steed, by the way, who we did cover, perishes on board. He was reported by survivors to have been quietly reading a book as the ship sank. If you Google um, him, Kahuna, in uh, A Night to Remember, the actor playing him opens up a book, and then they just cut away from him. So he just sits there, and he's reading his book as the water's coming into the cabin. Uh, oh. he, he died reading a book. Um, and a little bit more creepy factor on that here in a second. But uh, anyway... Unfortunately, here's what happens. Dad, you kind of nailed it, too. It's a game of telephone. Did you hear that the Titanic was taken down? Taken down by who? Okay, and then a game of Titanic. Each person distorts the story a little bit more oh. and a little bit more. Okay, so it goes from J.P. Morgan took down the Titanic to uh, Rothschild to, to the Jesuits took down to everyone. <laughs> right. Well, now here, this particular story, too, is, well, did you know that on board William Steed, he was actually, he knew a great story about a cursed mummy. The cursed mummy, uh, he was telling the story on board the Titanic. A story about a cursed mummy on a Titanic. The cursed mummy of the Titanic. <laughs> the <mu> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm allergic to bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the idea was that this mummy, although it was uh, taken from Egypt and went to England, uh, that some American purchased the mummy and the Titanic was the uh, the UPS uh, the <laughs> the delivery system. The choice of delivery. <laughs> right, right, right. What can Brown do for you? That's right. <laughs> um well, the story then turned into the idea that the cursed mummy might have been on board the Titanic, and that's why exactly, it, was, it right. went down into the ocean, right? Um, it would be a great story, but the mummy's remains never actually left uh, England. I believe you can still visit it. Uh, I'm not sure if you can visit it, actually, or if it's kept in a private collection. I'm not sure about that. I shouldn't say that. Um, one thing, though, because it'd be a great spooky story, the idea of a cursed mummified corpse bringing down a ship because you disrespected it. Um Anyhow, that uh, kind of has a um, vampire Frankenstein uh, Dracula okay. things. E Emotep the, type right. thing. Yeah. We're going to dig Dracula up and have the dirt around his coffin uh, 
So we're bringing dirt from Transylvania into England, and that, that you know that's a that's a recurring theme. Mike too. Mike Zapsik's ears perked up somewhere, and he doesn't know why. <laughs> yeah. I'm but, not sure. I feel the disturbance. <laughs> but the uh, the game of telephone around that one, uh, you know, continued to to throw the story into uh, hot water, if you will. Um, now, interestingly enough, this one's this this is actually true, and I couldn't believe this one when I was reading it. Um, this is creepier than the mummy story. What if I told you that William Steed, who uh, dies on board the Titanic and realizes that he's not going to make it, even though he's in first class, he realizes that he's a man, okay? And uh, back then we knew gender differently, right? So now it's uh, – as the boats are going down, the lifeboats are going down, the women and children are being taken care of first, as they should be. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm uh, a chauvinist um, in my opinions, but – I do think that women and children should probably be on the lifeboats first as long as there's able-bodied seamen in the, the boat with them, okay, uh, in order to get them safely there. That was another thing, too. That's actually, I believe, a scene from A Night to Remember is that uh, uh, one of the boats was saying, we don't have a sailor with us. And if you didn't have a sailor with you in that boat, by the way, you're in a, a rescue boat. That might be more dangerous than the ship, <laughs> right. depending on who's right. in the boat with you. Especially when the sink, the ship finally does go down, that the vacuum created by that. Oh, insanity. You're going to be sucked in into it as well. In a cold and windy and icy, frozen. Yeah, you want to get as far away from that as you possibly can. Yeah, we know that now. But did, did the passengers in first class know that? It's it's a scary thing. Or in, or, or in steerage class. I yeah, mean, yeah. Or, you, or you're going to freeze yeah. to death out there. Right. I mean, uh, we hypothermia is going to kill you before the the uh, the ship uh, sinking does. And uh, another side note here too, real quickly as we're wrapping up, um, one of the other conspiracy theories taken from the History Channel's website. That's right, Dad. The History Channel's website. All right, come on, Kev. <laughs> Bear no hate. Is that Le- <laughs> he knows why? <laughs> Hey, guys, we're still available. All right? Make the phone call. Set the meeting. Um, Mike Salona recommended us. <laughs> like they're listening. Come on. They do listen. They've taken ideas of ours. Um, that being said, the theory was that uh, um, Jack Dawson from the Titanic movie is actually uh, Jay Gatsby from The Great Gatsby. That uh, it, it should be the same person, which is, by the way, uh, a work of fiction uh, spun into another work of fiction. Way to go, History Channel. Um, yes. <laughs> however, this one's true, folks. William Steed, who will die on board the Titanic uh, in 1912, uh, wrote an article in 1886 that was published. And uh, it was an interesting article here. Um, in this article, written by Steed years earlier, he will cover a midwater crash of two ships. Uh, the smaller of the ship will sink immediately, and the larger ship will begin to list. That means lean, by the way, for the, those not familiar with nautical terms. Um, anyhow, as the ship is beginning now to appear to sink, um, the crew on board and the, uh, the passengers on board start to freak out. And that's when they start to realize that they have insufficient number of lifeboats. Again? Not again, Kahuna. No, is this, a, this is something that he wrote years earlier. This is in 1886, Kahuna. So he's forecasting the, the future. And as whoa, they begin to lower whoa, the boats... No. As they lower the lifeboats, often not full, okay, men on board the ship, as the women and children are being taken off, some of the men on board realize their fates. They start to try to sneak on board the ships or maybe throw themselves over into the, one of the boats. And you don't look like a woman. Hey, don't. <laughs> How dare you? And at times, by the way, they were turned away at gunpoint. <laughs> some people were even shot, I believe, if they attempted to get on some of the lifeboats without 
um, you know, do cause. So that being said, um, of the 900 people on board this, quote, unnamed ship, okay? And, and by the way, it's referred to as an unknown mailer. Um, so it's an unnamed mailer, which is the, the, the ship that it was, uh, the type of ship, rather. Mm -hmm. And then um, as written by a survivor is the, in the title of this article, posted in 1886. Of the some 900 on board, roughly 700 will remain on board as the ship sinks. This is what he's writing, though. Yes. Yeah, right, William so. Steed's editorial at the very end, his final conclusion reads, this is exactly what might happen if ocean liners are sent out to sea short of lifeboats. The article is published in 1886, and William Steed will die in a fate similar to his own article on board the Titanic on a night to remember in 1912. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that's that nah. That's so creepy. So he's writing about his own fate. We debunked a lot of stuff here and then we opened up the time wormhole, okay? I need Sam Tripoli as soon as possible, folks. Um, that's nutty. Yeah, you didn't hear that one before, did? And you are uh, by the way, no, you, you really do I, know your shit on Titanic, absolutely. There is the, it's this strange fascination with it, man. It is just you claim something is this indestructible force of nature, and on its, like, fifth night of operation, it's gone. It's, uh, imagine hearing, uh, for, I, I, I'm a pro wrestling fan, uh, so imagine hearing Hulk Hogan's theme song, and as he walks out, he slips on a banana peel and breaks his neck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who can stop Andre the Joe? Oh, not him. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it is, um... And I believe there was a ship called the Titan in a, a book earlier that was a, a yes, I do know about that. Yeah. That that's also equally e creepy, eerie, eerily similar. And I believe the people who named the Titanic um, had read the book as well, and they said, "Oh, that that well, that's not going to happen to us." So, anyway, anything you want to say on the way out, consider? Yeah, I think we're good. I'll I'll wait till you make your plugs, and then I'll think of something. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> so obviously the plugs are this uh, at Instagram is at KP Burke sucks. It's KP Burke over on Facebook, guys. Uh, if you like the show, I love hearing from you. It means a lot to me. I'm trying to keep up with it. It's getting increasingly difficult with uh, the, the multiple projects that we're cooking up right now. Um, I still owe you bastards a book. We're going to do it. All right. We're doing it. Next year's uh, an election. It's my last full year of uh, dragging ass on that before I uh, finally write the book in an election year. It's when it should come out. So is that the New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution, folks, is uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll even be honest with the, the audience here. <laughs> There's a couple things. There's a couple things we're working on. Some good stuff. You know, it's not my resolution anymore to put out a comedy special because one already exists. It's called Escape from Jacksonville, uh, written and performed by K.P. Burke at the Smod Castle. In Leonardo, New Jersey, uh, mm -hmm. the old Smod Castle, right? Is the, yeah. is the new one? I know the new one's up. Smod Theaters in Atlantic Highlands. Go check it out, folks. Yes. Um, is the old Smod Castle still around, or did it? It is uh, no longer in service. Ah, uh, understood. The only comedy special ever filmed at the Smod Castle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, and by the way, that is directed by one Christian Cordez, whoever he might be, uh, and wherever he might be. Man just of know, mystery. Just know. We're thinking of you. Might have been on the Titanic. I believe he was. Um, <laughs> he's actually behind uh, him and J.P. Morgan plotted together. Oh, shit. It's a <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, very excited about that one. And I do want to plug um, also another project by Christian Cordes. Uh, I believe he put out a, a song a couple years ago called In the Key of Christmas. Yeah, I've heard of this record. I believe it's on YouTube. It's not bad. It's an all right Christmas album. No, the kid's, uh, uh, I mean, he is a beautiful husband. Um, so, <laughs> what are you going to do, man? Hmm. Oh, you, you know, man, you know I love you too much, all right? I know. All right? I'm you, just like, I'm very impressed by that one. <laughs> you know I'd die without you. <laughs> <laughs> It is the great joy of my life to the people who get these references that we're making. And it's also, I, I mean, sincerely, it's one of the great joys of my life uh, every week to come in here, hang out with my dad, hang out with the kahuna who's become family to us. Um, drop oh, off man. some of uh, my mother's paklava for you, buddy. Merry and, Christmas. Uh, obviously, we love the hell out of you, man. And it's uh, we're looking forward to uh, big, beautiful things for uh, both you professionally as you keep growing. Eventually, kahuna's going to outgrow the show here, folks. Um so we're enjoying uh, our time with them while we have them. Uh, this is uh, a, a truly a joy to keep doing. And the show only continues to exist because of the founding losers. If you are one of them or if you were one of them at any time, just know that we really appreciate it. And I, I'm not exaggerating. Every penny of everything you've ever gone uh, given to us has gone directly to the show and or other projects. OK, uh, that I've, I've worked on all under the same umbrella of this thing. Um, LP. It's fun hanging out here with you, man. All right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's good. Every week we we're get getting to do a little this. nostalgic here, but we that's are. all right. No, we're ending on a positive note. It's our last episode uh, uh, before Christmas. Um, I'm going to go home and watch the Jets and the Jaguars now. Uh, Kahuna, anything you want to say to the good people on the way out? Uh, just always appreciative to be here, man. That's really it. It's a good day, Thank you man. for listening. Thank you for being a part of it. We'll see you next year. Love, joy, and we, peace to all. We got a couple more coming out for you. Patreon will be getting. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, LP? We're gonna. We'll, we'll figure out the topic on the way home. We're gonna give them a winner for the end of the year. <laughs> we got a couple in there. We have a couple ideas, Bacon. folks. All right, it's gonna be a good one here. But we had a lot of fun with this. We wanted to talk. It was a little bit of a looser episode here tonight, but we had fun with it. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. And again, uh, if you can, leave a review for the show. Every now and then, we get a one-star review because somebody says we either curse too much or we get off topic too much. Yeah, we're Sorry. Of business. We're from Jersey. That's just what it is. <laughs> right. All right. So, anyway, uh, on behalf of all of us here at American Loser Podcast, Titanic conspiracy theories, American losers. American loser the day I was born An American loser the day I was born An American loser the day I was born